It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Yes, it certainly is. You're with Andrew Q's about to be joined by the GRV team talking greyhound racing news on RSN 927 Country Relays, our social media as well. Welcome to another edition of Off The Leash. And Molly Haynes, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Andrew. How are you? Doing okay. And a special guest in the studio, George, is away, but it's apt that we have him because, of course, his uh, race club has a really big carnival happening and we're talking about Troy Harley. Troy, thanks for being part of the show today. It's great to be here, Andrew, and good morning, Molly. Good morning. And we were to say that you are the second most important person alongside Molly in the studio, but that's not the case because we have someone else in the studio. Uh, They won't be doing much talking, but you might see on our social media we've sent out a nice photo or two. Molly, explain we have uh, Princess with us. Yes, we have our Gap Greyhound, well, our resident Gap Greyhound at GRV. Her name is Princess. She is my boss, Lou Martin's pet greyhound. I found this dog for her through one of my really good friends, Angela Langton. So it's been a really special partnership to see them, I suppose, kind of grow as as a couple. That's Lou Lou and Princess, I should say, because she's become a very, very special part of our life at GRV now. Now, look, all dogs are special. (laughs) Why are greyhounds so captivating to people uh, just walking here today, I believe it took twice the distance and time, stopping people want to take a selfie and pat the greyhound. <laughs> Just getting into the front reception of the studio, about five or six members of staff have stopped to pat yeah. the greyhound. What is it about princess and gap dogs or greyhounds that have this attraction to people? I think it's just their calming nature. They're also they're, they're very interesting looking, I have to say. I often say if I had a body like a greyhound, I wouldn't have a problem in the world. They're, they're quite elegant, quite tall and skinny, so it would it'd be great. But I think they're drawn to them because they've just got such a friendly face. And once princess gets to know you, she's certainly, you know, make sure you're giving her a good pat. And, of course, um, there are so many questions people ask, and it's kind of apt that coming up in, I think it's Sunday week, we have the Greyhound National Adoption Day over the, the nation and the meadows involved here in Melbourne. But the Greyhounds in the studio here, we've got no worries about microphones or dramas, just placidly walking around, has a bit of a sit-down, has a smile, or smiling all the time. Uh, there's no – it just just goes to show – what a beautiful pet they are. Yeah, no, that's true. And we really can't wait for everyone to be a part of the National Adoption Day. It's the, the 28th of August, so make sure you check out the, the GAP website for more information there. And, you know, we're hoping that everyone can experience just how amazing these greyhounds are. We'll talk pets. more about uh, Princess later on. We'll talk about her racing career because she was a pretty handy greyhound as well. Speaking of handy greyhounds, a number of those involved on Thursday night at Sandown, Molly and Troy. It's the launching pad final. Yes, that's right. And now, the favourite in this race, Flynn. He almost, we can almost say his claim to fame started down your way. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, the the Benigat Jockey Club uh, give themselves the moniker of the Nursery of Champions, and uh, we won't go that far. We, we, we could probably <laughs> nearly claim it as well because, uh, you know, just there's plenty of star grounds have started their careers at Benigat, and particularly the, the new track uh, since it reopened in 2012. But Flynn's one of those. Um, I think he won his first four races at Bendigo, including uh, breaking Fernando Bale's track record. And of course, we've got Black Opium, uh, will start probably equal favourite in the Easter egg as well. She started her career at Bendigo as well. So, uh, chance of two group races coming out of Bendigo Maidens out of the last six months. So it's uh, pretty special for us, but we've also got another attachment to a launching pad finalist in Chiquita Lass. So, exactly. Something very dear to our hearts with a graduate of the ready to race. Yeah, definitely. Now, did you think that um, Fernando Bale's track record could be broken? Um, look, all records are made to be broken, but no, once, I, I suppose. Um, being a 425, you're always going to get quite a few of those. There's 400 meter dogs, well as 500 meter dogs compete, but you know, 
that Fernando Bale, the fact that he broke it, um, probably harder for him to maintain it because our cup's in July, so it's sort of in the colder weather. He probably broke it in two or three degrees, not the 28 degrees that yeah. Flynn would have raced in. Um, but in saying that, you know, um, all records are made to be broken. But no, to, to Flynn to do what he did, um, it was no surprise once he came out of the box and hit the lid running. But uh, you know, I know Harry's had a big opinion of the ground, but uh, it's a pretty good race. Whether he wins a group race or not, it's pretty good to say you lower the time standard set by Fernando Bale at one of the country's major tracks. Oh, exactly. Now, he's John Box number one in Thursday night's launching pad. And I think to start off, I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, this launching pad series really is, you know, you look back on last year's, for example, the field, Tornado Tears, Dinah Paddy and Beast Unleashed were all in this field. That is, And I think Myra Demon was also the first reserve. So you really look to you think about 12 months' time from here and what these greyhounds really could have achieved in that 12-month span. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's one of those races, obviously, the restricted win and the restricted starts just makes it really a star of the future race. And it's a wonderful concept that uh, the Greg and the team at Sandown have, have uh, taken the pun on and certainly made it uh, a terrific race. And uh, I think you know, these greyhounds on uh, on tonight of one one like 50% of their 70 or 80 races they've had between them so they're already very promising greyhounds but what they do in the next 12 months um, if you look at the field here it'd be no surprise to see every one of those greyhounds be competing at the highest level for the next 12 months Exactly and one greyhound that everyone's talking about at the moment is a greyhound by the name of Lucy Ma- Lucy's Milo he's drawn box 3 in the launching pad for trainer Andrea Daly now this greyhound ran the fastest time at Sandown Park for 2019 this was in his launching pad semi-final win last week he's won his last three on the trot including a 600 meter win at the meadows now lucy's milo's out of a staying bitch called lucy's wire who was trained by robbie Britton. so it's really great to see what they're able to produce and i suppose what lucy's milo can do from now on yeah well um, lucy was a wonderful stay i think imported from america by jeff collins and uh, of course being by a former city record 600 meter record holder and donna double once there's no surprise with the strength but um he's actually showing plenty of speed as well which uh He's certainly not bred to, and uh, he's very exciting. An oh. exciting greyhound, as is uh, as is the kennel mate Jarrow Bale. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jarrow Bale's in box number two. Now, if Andrea Daly wins this launching pad on Thursday night, this will be, I think she'll become the only trainer to win two launching pads. She won a launching pad, I think it was in 2000, and I want to say 14, but it's with Usain I'm Nutty. Yes. I think it was 14, 2014. Yeah. I, I wrote it down Which this may have even been the first one. Yeah. yeah. So, it, look, it, it'll be a fantastic feat for, for the Daily team because it, it really is a big effort for them down Anarchy Way. But another greyhound who uh, who people are talking about, Tab have them at $6 odds, is in box number four, a greyhound by the name of Kurt Lee, who's trained by Glenn Rounds, who we're lucky enough to have on the show a little bit later. I know he was quite impressed with his semi-final win and he's really, really impressed by the fact... Uh, that this greyhound has some nice early speed as well. So box four, I think, may be the only hurdle for this one. Yeah, I think the consistent early speed's the key to Kurt Lee, um, pretty much running uh, best of the night sections every time he goes round. He's now one eight out of ten, and um, it's going to be the key is whether he can cross the likes of Lucy's motto who's beginning so well in Flynn. But uh, he's certainly a, a star greyhound uh, of the future, and he does it on one and two turn tracks as well. So I think uh, Glenn Rounds has got himself another handy one. Absolutely. Now, in box number eight, we'll go all the way out there. At $26, Shatiqua Lass for... Ray Hennis. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this greyhound, Troy? Yeah, um, $26 is probably the right price on four, but um, she's had a little bit of a couple of setbacks coming into the race, uh, according to Ray. But she's a ready to race graduate, which is a top price at last year's ready to race auction at 
$20,000 and uh, uh, was purchased by Ray and Con, the owner, and um, Con's been a wonderful supporter of the Ready Race, as has Ray Hennis in particular, through uh, not just Con's uh, ownership every year, but also uh, through his uh, Lynn Ray Park syndicates. And uh, it's wonderful to see a graduate of the Ready Race. We've had quite a few handy ones come through, but uh, in particular one that's uh, definitely changed hands on the day to uh, to come through to a group race so quickly. And uh, whatever she does on Thursday night, she'll continue to improve because she was certainly underdone and uh, Ray's done a wonderful job with her. Oh, absolutely. Now, I uh, have to admit, I'm finding it quite hard to pick a winner in this launching pad final. And I'm I'm tossing up between, I think, the obvious ones in Flynn and Lucy's Milo, but I'm making the decision right now. Box one, Flynn for me to take out the launching pad on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm with you, Molly. I think the, the box is the key, and uh, these dogs are going to have to sort of be a length and a half faster than Flynn to cross him into the first turn. I'm not quite sure they can do that, but uh, you probably wouldn't want the likes of Jarrow Bow and Lucy's Milo right on the hammer, but uh, I think Flynn's the dog to beat, and the market's probably right. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, Thursday night at Sandown Park is an Easter-themed Easter night for the kids there's fantastic racing on the track there's also a group three easter cup with orson allen headlining that one so make sure you check out sandown's website for all the information and activities happening tomorrow night and also keep in mind warrigal too with a big uh, easter theme too with uh, giveaways and uh, bistro deals as well as bernie dylan uh, mentioned a few days ago there's lots of things happening good luck to those in the launching pad final it's rsn 927's off the leash for GRV, Troy Harley, Molly Haynes along in the studio and uh, former racing greyhound uh, Princess with us as well. And uh, Saturday night coming up, of course, is the Golden Easter Egg uh, Final. Yes, that's right. And we've got three pretty exciting contenders in this Easter Egg Final, but one for me, Black Opium. She, I think, has all the characteristics to win an Easter egg. She's you think of the past three winners in Striker Light or past two winners in Striker Light and Uphill Jill. They were both small bitches. They both had early speed and they could both run five hundred out well. And I think Black Opium ticks all those boxes. Absolutely, and has drawn box one as well. Again, exactly. like Flynn, uh, these are grounds are gonna have to really hit the lids running to, to be able to cross her at the first turn. And uh, what she's done in a very short career to date, she's been a place getter already in a, a Melbourne Cup and Australian Cup and now making a a golden Easter egg final. But I think uh, I think Saturday night, night to, to, put a, to put a name on a Group 1 on a board. Absolutely. And at $3.50, it, it really isn't bad odds considering the favourite. favouritism does lie with New South Wales Greyhound Federal Lily for Peter Lagogiani. But Blue Striker was quite an interesting run for me last week. I said in the, the heats that he needed to have he almost needed that extra look at the track to really perform, and I think he did that in the semi-finals, running down Miss Splendomiro. It's one of those tracks that even the locals sort of say it's four or five runs to to really get yeah. your ground uh, doing everything right at Wentworth Park, and uh, its win was outstanding to run down a ground like Miss Splendomiro, who's sitting third favourite on the on the market. It certainly makes Blue Striker one of the uh, one of the chances, but obviously Box Seven's not going to be very easy. No, he's also a greyhound that really does require a lot of luck in running, and he's not the only greyhound with strength in this race either. He he does if you know if he's missing the start, there's a lot to make up. I just don't know whether he's going to be able to run down a Federal Lily or, or Black Opium if he does find himself as far back as he has previously. Yeah, it just depends on, I guess, what happens up front. I mean, you've got a dog inside him zipping Bailey as a noted slow beginner um, and goes straight to the fence. Probably the strongest dog in the race. Its win was probably the most impressive in the heat to be last at the first turn. But yeah. um, those two grounds are going to need a lot of luck. But they're going to pair up and probably give themselves a little bit of luck at some stage. It's just everything evolves around Black Opium. If she produces what she can normally do to the first split, um, which she's probably been down a little bit in the last couple of runs, but if she can hold them out and and drive through through the catching pen. I don't think there's any running her down. And 
Miss Splendid Miro for David Gill. This will be his second Easter egg if he wins this on um, Saturday night. He had uphill Jill last year. She's in pup at the moment to Fernando Bale. I'm very excited about those ones. <laughs> I'm um, sure he is too. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But Miss Splendid Miro, she was a favourite for the Easter egg last year. I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, and I just think she's a better greyhound this time around. She's been wonderful, consistent to hold that form for, for 12 months and change kennels and change states and change routines. It just shows how talented she is. But um, I, I think you're right. I think she's, she's doing things more professionally, uh, more consistently this, this year, and um, this is a genuine chance with, with no speed on the inside of her in six and seven. She gets a chance to, uh, to make box eight her own. Definitely, but I think box one black opium for me to win the egg on Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think it'll be a pair of reds in the group races this week. I think uh, I think black opium to uh, to hold the lead and win. And uh, as you say about our special guest in the studio, a little bit of an Easter egg connection there as well. Exactly. Is there, so, so Princess. What raced in the Easter egg? Really? No, so her brother won or an eats Easter, Easter eggs. Egg. Yeah, no, no. Or <laughs> does eat carob Easter eggs now? Because there are greyhound. Well, in fact, my dog loves the yogurt type carob. I think they're carob. Is that what they make them of? But anyway, oh, yes, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. So up. yeah, well, I'm trying to find a connection. I'm sure. Prin- well, Princess came around here in the other side of the studio because I had a bread roll before before you came on air, <laughs> and I wonder what it was doing. And then I realised that the package that the roll was in was sitting here, oh, so it would it would eat an Easter egg if we had one. I'd say so. Look, one. she she has. Has been known to still lose lunch off the desk, right? Um, so she she does enjoy a bit of human snacking. Go. But her brother won an Easter egg. His name was Tonka. I th- I think it's 2014. Yep. I probably have my years wrong, That's but right. he won a golden Easter egg in 2014. And you know he was a, a phenomenal dog. Princess didn't quite perform like that on the track. She Troy looked up her form, and I think she had 13 wins. Was it? Yeah, and um, a lot of those were at Mount Gambier. But um, and what was her name? Her racing name? Suntory Gold. Suntory yeah, Gold. So she had 50 I've odd starts. That again. And, uh, she looks pretty good, actually. Yeah, now she's also had two litters of pups as well. The first first litter, are, you know, they're, they're very honest greyhounds and that's all you can ask for. And the second litter are, are just starting to be named and I've actually forgotten who she went to to her second litter. First litter were to Fernando Bale. So Angela um, Langton, who, uh, who used to own her, had a really high opinion of what she was able to produce on the track. Terrific. Where is she now? I can't see she's her. She's just hiding around the desk oh, okay. here. All right, there you go. <laughs> well, also, of course, coming up on Saturday night, aside from the Easter egg, is the very formally named uh, Association Cup. It has a very formal ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, considering we've got the Golden Easter Egg, yeah. which is a little bit a little bit lighter with a bit more fun in it. But Tornado Tears, his run was ridiculous last Saturday night in the heats. He obliterated Zalia Allen's 720-metre track record. But there is a little bit of injury troubles coming out of this one. Tornado Tears, oh, I heard Robbie on, on radio and I spoke to him afterwards. He said that um, Tornado Tears has torn his pad, unfortunately, and he's really in doubt for this one on Saturday night. It's something that's happened the last couple of um, series now at Wentworth Park, which is not a great thing to be happening. But um, that performance and, and when the clock showed that time... I'm- Sure that it stopped fifty yards before the line. It's just uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago that pushing forty two seconds was a freakish effort. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just amazing to to do what uh, Tornado Tears has done and, and what Robbie's done with his stays over the last ten or twelve years. It's just been <laughs> incredible. One retires, and one comes into the kennel. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling, of course. Never been Sam's over in New Zealand as well for the for the silver collar. But um, one twenty eight Tornado Tears in the tab market. I think that's one hundred percent right. And uh, apart from them, Poco Dorado and Blue Moon Rising, who have been there and done it before, and Wentworth Park specialists, I can't see anything competing with Tornado. Tears with luck. Definitely. And look, we've got another Victorian in Dinah Chanter who's trained by Corey Grenfell. He was the third fastest qualifier. He did win his heat. He's out in box number seven, so drawn just outside Tornado Tears. He's sitting at $9.50 in the market. Look, I think if Tornado Tears isn't 
isn't in the race. I think he's in with a, with a good chance. chance. I think a place chance is, is best for, for Dino Chancer here. Well, today the tears comes out. It's a very open race. It's yep. probably going to be 350 the field. And um, yeah, hats off to Robbie, too, for making that announcement early days to make sure yeah. people did sort of hold back a little bit if you were going to take the short odds because um, it's, a, it's a pretty – it's a painful injury. It sort of won't stop them in terms of running once you get it right and seal it, but it'll, yeah. it'll probably cost them time afterwards. But um, interesting with the Pago Dorado and uh, and Blue Moon Rising as well, the next litter that Johnny Finn trained, the six of those have made the Magic Maiden final on Saturday night. Six of the next litter in a group maiden final after producing a litter that's won nearly a million dollars already. It's it's crazy. I saw him on the catching pen last night and he was very um, – he, he didn't want to tell us who was, the first, who was the best one out of this litter, but look, I'm really – excited as to what Poco Dorado uh, can you know continue to produce as well I think I just find it so exciting to watch greyhounds that I you know used to uh, love watching when they were racing and see what they are able to produce a couple of years after they're finished yeah yeah and, and what a uh, terrific time Corey Grenfell's having at the moment too oh, group runners everywhere that, that he is but Tornado Tears for me and if if Tornado t- Tears isn't in it I'm going to go Blue Moon Rising yeah, I'm going to go Poco Dorado with Tornado Tears out. Um, again, from the inside draw and the, and the track specialist, but uh, a very even race if Tornado Tears comes out. If it doesn't, it'll be winning. Coming up shortly, Glenn Rounds will join us. Uh, interesting uh, number of runners, including the launching pad and also the Gold Rush uh, uh, series at Bendigo. We'll chat to uh, them soon. Uh, before that, though, let's talk about the uh, Bendigo Easter Carnival, which, of course, is a uh, very spe- special time of things. And... Um, uh, Molly, there's so many meetings coinciding Saturday, Sunday and so on So many themes to different races There is, look Troy, I don't know how you're still standing To tell you the <laughs> truth I don't know how you managed to drive a couple of hours into Melbourne To spend the time with us But we're very thankful You've got five feature races coming up on Sunday There's the Bell of Bendigo, the Bow of Bendigo Stayers Cup, Easter Cup And of course my favourite event The Gold Rush Maiden Final How are you coping at the moment? It's good to get a few hours away from the joint, to be honest with you. Uh, the car wasn't too bad. <laughs> no, look, it, um, yeah, we've got a terrific staff and, and team at Bendigo, and this has been going for 15 years now, so it pretty much uh, almost runs itself in terms of, uh, of once the race days come around, most of the preparation is done uh, months in advance, and we're sort of moving on now to the events later in the year in terms of preparation goes. But uh, to run seven meetings in 11 days, um, it's a bit of pressure on the track boys in particular, um, as well as our kennel staff and, and everyone else. But uh, it's been a wonderful carnival and uh, continues to thrive, even though we moved a couple away from in 2014 from there and uh, probably a couple little tweaks we might make to some of the events next year as well in terms of off the track to get away from uh, the competition in town at Easter but on the track um, the program will stay the same and it's uh, the nominations have stood up and it's been very encouraging and and the talent's there yet again. Exactly now let's have a quick talk through the bell of Bendigo who was a standout for you in this one? Oh the Brynja was outstanding Um, I think she's now won 8 out of 10 um, or 6 out of 8 it might be Um, but she ran 23.61 clocking some crazy sections uh, for local trainer Dallas Masson she was outstanding and Rothwell Gal um, missed the kick and was second last out of the boxes and ran 23.80 odd as well in her heat so uh, those two are the ones to beat there's no question I think if Brynja hits the lids running like she has been um, there'll be no beating Brynja she'll be nice and short but uh, those two greyhounds are certainly greyhounds to follow Yeah and one that I'm really liking too is By Your Side who's trained by Angela Galea this is a sister to the talented Time to Talk and a repeat mating of It's um, it's All it's all Talk I should say not It's it's All Time I've got written down in my notes but look it's a, it's a really exciting litter and, and hopefully they're able to to produce on uh, yeah come Bell Bell of Bendigo time yeah this is a, this is a, a the Bell and Bow are both obviously split by sex as their names are but they're also 
strictly win races like the launching pad. They're one to four wins, and uh, it's another race that produces some stars of the future in terms of uh, particularly country racing, and I think there's four or five there that'll go on with it for sure. Exactly. No, it's great to have races like this because it really does give you a, a perspective of what's to come in the future. But the McIver Road Vet Centre, Bow of Bendigo, now, who was a standout in this one, in the heats for you? Uh, Inkling was actually the only, grand, only male ground to break the 24 seconds in the series, um, but there was a couple of impressive performances. Um, Tickle My Fancy's run was very good. Havelock Keith was resuming from a break and was very good, and Custom Mate hit the, hit the line running uh, pretty hard as well, as did Just Burning. So it's a very, very open race. I think Inkling on paper has certainly got the best form and got the credentials, but uh, it may not necessarily be the right 425-metre dog. So uh, I think there's probably five or six chances uh, in the Boa Bendigo, and it'll be a very open market, I think, when Tab goes Oh, definitely. Now, tonight we have four semi-finals of the Gold Rush Maiden final. Johnny Barber has two runners in the semis. Fearless, who broke the time standard in the heats, and Litter Brother Darklight. This was a, a pretty pretty special uh, couple of nights for him down there. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, both grounds went very good, and both are going to make their presence felt, I think, uh, this afternoon at the semi-finals. Uh, Mark Delbridge has six runners in the final. Um, Reggie Keeping was very impressive, uh, as was Ultimate Bling. They meet in the semi-finals this afternoon. Um, actually, one of Mark Delbridge's that went quite good, too, was Idria Bale. I think a ground to watch for the future. She's out of of a former top stayer in Donna Willow, but uh, as usual, the Gold Rush maiden finals, you'll sit back, or series, you'll sit back in three months' time and say, Well, geez, that Graham did look like it was going to be impressive, and now it has been. But uh, I think Johnny Barber is ground fearless, he'll he set the time stand and we're very, very hard to beat. Definitely. And just quickly, a couple of previous Gold Rush maiden winners last year Nervous and Weird, 2017 Aston Dinnigan, and when I picked up 2012, I'm a Geisha girl. She, of course, produced Pop the Cork in her first litter. Yeah, and she beat, um, she beat Gregory over Bale in the final, who went on to win the Easter ah. egg the next year. So it was a pretty handy fight maiden final that year. There you go. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. Still to get through on the program, we'll look at, of course, the uh, watchdog and also continue to remind you of the upcoming uh, big adoption day Sunday week. But uh, joining us on the program, Molly and Troy, is a chap who's got a couple of greyhounds at different venues that we've been talking about, and Glenn Rounds joins us on Off the Leash. Glenn, it's Molly here. Thank you very much for your time this morning. No worries, Molly. Fine. Now, Glenn, let's start with your launching pad contender in Kurt Lee, a winner of his past seven starts. You have to be happy with the form heading into the launching pad tomorrow night. I'm uh, very happy. The dog couldn't have done any more for us to get there, and no, that was our way uh, first and foremost when when you were first, and we're there, so we'll see how it all goes. Exactly. Now, it was a brave semi-win last Thursday night. He got caught up in a bit of trouble. What did you make of his run? Oh, I was wrapped in the young dog's run. He, was, he never gave up, and you couldn't ask any more for it from him. Absolutely. Now, you, there's some nice young pups in this launching pad field tomorrow night. How do you see your chances? Can, do, you, do you have an idea of how this race might pan out for you? Um... Hope you lead all the way. <laughs> uh, you got to give me more than that, Glenn. The, dog, the, dog, the dogs are very, very reliable to you, and so he only has to bring that part of his uh, part of his game uh, to the race. And um, you know what, what will be will be. Um, there's very good dogs in the field. You're not running for 150 grand. No one, they're not going to give it to you. Uh, Glenn Troy Harley here. Speaking of uh, reliable beginners and speed, you've got Reggie Keeping going to Bendigo this afternoon. He uh, he went very impressive in six fifty four to the first split last week and um, found the line quite well as well, breaking twenty four. Has he always got that consistent speed? Uh, yeah, I think um, he might improve through the series. We once ago he was going very well and um, we hadn't lined up for the series. You heard the toe and that cost us a couple of weeks, so he 
winning last week, um, a touch under done for the 400, and uh, I think he can improve through the series. So, mate, races like the Gold Rush Series, how early out do you set your young dogs for these type of races? Oh, he was going pretty smart probably six weeks ago, and we sort of pencilled it in that he'd be up and about and a couple of field calls by then, and uh, that's how we worked it out about then. He's got box two this afternoon um, off their debut runs. It looked like Idria Bale on the inside hasn't got a great deal of pace. And Ultimate Bling certainly was well boxed in box eight and might give you a bit of room. How does box two sit with you, given the fact that your bloke probably uses the set of the track a little bit as well? Well, yeah, I'm happy with the box. And uh, like until you get amongst races, you sort of don't know how it's crawling and racing. So he might want to use a bit of track. I, I sort of don't know. But I'm happy with the box. Glenn, good luck uh, today. Good luck with all of your kennel over coming days and weeks. Thanks for taking the call this morning. Very good, thank you. Glenn Rounds. Uh, let's move on to the uh, watchdog. Uh, how's the watchdog been uh, faring, Troy? Well, if you haven't got the app downloaded, you might as well after this week. Uh, the watchdog <laughs> tipped 7 out of 11 at Shepparton on Monday night. So uh, for all your free form guide and expert selections on all the Victorian ground race winnings, just download the watchdog mobile form app on via Google Play or at the App Store and uh, certainly going to some winning form this week. And Molly, some of the bets that we can only dream about. Yes, there was $20,000 put on at $1.40 on a greyhound by the name of Starter Riot at Shepparton. There are actually some big bets put on at Shepparton this week. $7,500 at $1.35 on Untold Soldier, also also at Shepparton. A couple of big bets that went astray as well. Uh, Molly, a little bit better luck next time. $20,000 at $2 on Dragonstone at Shepparton, finished unplaced, and uh, $15,000 at 3.10 on peaked at Warrigal. Didn't quite peak when finishing unplaced on April 11. No, and my favourite, $500 at 11s on on Let's Roll at Cranbourne and then 400 at $13 on Reggie Hatton. I wouldn't mind any of those odds, but always remember to gamble responsibly when you're taking the bets here. All right, what's our litter of the week? Uh, I've got a, a topical one, a Fernando Bale suffragette, and the reason it's a little topical is suffragette, suffragette was a winner of the 2017 launching pad. This is her first litter, and they were born just four days ago. Four pups, one dog, and three females. So, like I mentioned a couple of times in the show, I'm very excited to see what she's able to produce in the future. A gap dog, dog of the week? I've found a greyhound by the name of Socks, a three-year-old black male called Howie Socks on the racetrack. He's looking for an active family. He loves being outdoors and would really enjoy a big backyard to play and explore. He is a strong boy and the Gap Girls do believe he would benefit from some obedience classes. But he's going to be one of the greyhounds that's going to be involved in our National Adoption Day, which is on Sunday the 28th of April. The Victorian leg is at the Meadows, but this National Adoption Day is going to be held around Australia. We're hoping to break the record. Is there much hype down in Bendigo? Do you see any gap greyhounds down there? Yeah, quite a few. Um, there's plenty of them that come out of the track as well. So if we walk around the old uh, uh, um, harness track there and the, the training track, and uh, unfortunately we couldn't find a bit of a leash-free area for them in town. We're still working on that, but there's plenty of dogs there. And uh, you know, where else can you get a, a purebred, placid, very easy maintained ground for not a lot of money? Exactly. We'll talk more about that next week, and uh, we'll. E- Princess is with us. We can't get Princess to say anything, but she's been here the whole show, just well-behaved so perfectly. <laughs> Molly and Troy, good good luck, Troy, with your big meetings coming up, and Thanks, Molly, will speak to you next week. And Princess, thank you for being with us in the studio. This has been Off the Leash for GRV.
Want to hear Off The Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.